are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chompcast. Uh, you can also head on over to patreon.com slash swordchomp if you'd like to support us financially. Either way, we're just thankful for you taking time to check out the show. And today's show is all about second chances and the perfect melding of topics from finishing up our No Man's Sky discussion to discussing our topic of the show, which is games that we were tepid on at first or just didn't like, but eventually came around to and really came to love or appreciate. Um, We have lots of fun, crazy polls to run down this week as well. I tried to weave them in the theme of the show um, as our at Swordchomp Instagram community weighs in on a bunch of topics like the best gaming comeback story ever, photo modes in video games, Second Chances, the topic of the show, and a crazy do-or-die scenario featuring a great white shark and a lion that sort of replaces the bio-breaks of, of yore. And um, we have a last-minute special guest from our VIP Instagram community page, which I'll introduce here in a little bit. It's going to be an amazing show. I can think of 18 quantillion reasons why one might want to stick around and check out the podcast. So uh, let's get right into some intros. We will not waste any more time. Not that the intros are ever a waste. First up, the uh, from Michigan, Joshua Fowler's here. We refer to him as the uh, the god of sword chomp. That's one of our jokes. Um, but this god, much like much like gods of of whatever religion you may believe, uh, Josh has been shaping and molding and sculpting the human form um, from clay in No Man's Sky this week, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> breasts, actually. <laughs> I, I I log on and like so. Josh goes and plays. No Man's Sky with one of our uh, VIP Patreons, Epidemic, so shout out to Epidemic. And I'm expecting these beautiful pictures to come back, you know, like, have taken over the internet. And it's just a giant picture of boobs coming out of the ground, Josh. What, what, what's, what's going on? Well, at that point, there was already a dick. And, uh... It was really the only other thing that could have been made at that point. Okay, so somebody sculpted a dick into mm-hmm. the ground first. Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's someone's... to blame for that? Fish or our, or our VIP friend, Epidemic? Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> a little bit of both. They were kind of. They were co. They were co-sculpting mm-hmm. together. Just co-sculpting. <laughs> so it, was like, like... it was like a moment of ghost where yeah. where Epidemic like, was behind. Yeah, fish one of them. One of them starts on the drawing. Wheel. Yeah, one of them starts drawing, and the other <laughs> one looks at it and like that's a shaft, and it needs some balls. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like so Shay's Mike, Mike is sculpting the balls right behind Fish as he's stroking and mm-hmm. fondling and yeah, I, sculpting the shaft mm-hmm. I like Shay's just spinning um, around and around yeah. <laughs> I like Shay's image he's pushing hard here with him just like in spacesuit to spacesuit just slowly dancing and sculpting mm-hmm. with each other that's right and on the eighth day God said there will be boobs. <laughs> well, no, that was the penis. Yeah, and then Josh came in. Yo, that's right. Josh came in, God of Sword Chomp, and said, we need boobs. <laughs> so, so, so you that's just terrain. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you're right. I'm picking up what you're laying down. And Josh was laying down some boobs. Uh, I'm proud some of you, Josh. great that... New York boobs. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means. What? what are, I know that was uh, Forrest Gump, but I don't give you the... No, the Chappelle Show. Chappelle oh, Show. There's that that okay. episode where he went around New York and he's like, excuse me, you've got great New York boobs. And he put like a little badge on them. 
You, that sounds a lot like. Does that not sound like Forrest Gump, Josh? Come on, that's a that's a pretty. Mm -hmm. That's a Jenny. good Forrest Gump. Jenny. <laughs> Jenny. What? Who? What? Who is that? Oh, well, that that might be our special guest joining us this week. Last minute. Oh, he he. I, you were gonna be my last intro, but you spoke up, so now I'm sucking you in, pulling you in. Akuna Matata is here, a VIP from the Sword Chomp Instagram community. Uh, his real name is Ryan. He's a good friend of ours. Um. How you doing, Ryan? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me again. Yes, yes. Last minute filling for fish, so sorry, uh, all fish's fanboys and fangirls. There's no fish today, um, but Ryan will be doing his best fish impression, right, Ryan? You've been studying fish for years now, so uh. I don't, I don't have my vape with me. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, no vape. <laughs> but do you, but you know what? Can you can you get behind the slogan? Um, that the micro penis community is uh, exfoliate those guts. Can you get behind that? Exfoliate those guts. Oh, definitely. We're gonna exfoliate <laughs> these guts all night. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it was funny. I was telling my uh, fiance about that, and she was like really breaking it down. She's like, you know, that wouldn't really work because exfoliation means you're getting the edge of it. And I'm like, don't ruin the joke, all right? It's this <laughs> pelvic scrubbing. Because there's not much to, come on, don't make me break this down. She's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, we all thought it was great, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just a man thing. She's like, I don't know. She really, I she think really we got... all is a loose term. I don't think we all thought it was great. <laughs> well, okay. okay. Well, we had a good giggle over it. I'll, I'll mm -hmm. tell you that, but. It was pretty good. That's all we can really expect yeah, at I this laughed. point. A good I giggle. Chuckled. I chuckled. <laughs> we, we, we not giggled quite a guffaw. But a chuckle. No, no. Not quite like um, when Fish was snorting. Yeah. Um, Just a hearty teehee. Yeah, yeah. A hearty teehee. Um, <laughs> I don't ever want to get a teehee from Hardy. <laughs> I feel like that's disgusting. <laughs> I was going to say, hearty, a hearty teehee is not the combination of words I ever expected on hearing. Um, but, you know, Hakuna Matata, as he's known in our community, but his name is Ryan. And, you know, Ryan, it's fun to have you today because you play a lot of games with us. You play CFDs with us. You played No Man's Sky with me. Um, you've been on the podcast before last year, and you got a microphone upgrade, and you're getting into the, the YouTube game. So glad to have you, my friend. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. I'm glad to be back. It's going to be fun. And then, of course, last but not least, Shay Leighton is here, the professor from Japan. Shay actually celebrated his birthday this past weekend. Uh, happy birthday, Shay. No Thank mind. you very much. Yeah, right. happy birthday, man. Thank you. I celebrated by playing Fallout 4. <laughs> That's all I did. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, it was good. Yes, that is a treat for you. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. It was great. It was uh, good times. Yeah. How, how old are you? How old are you now? 17? Um, I am... I am finally 18. I can legally buy cigarettes. I'm very excited. Well, um, I oh had my man. first puff, and I, and I threw up in an alley for an hour. And uh, <laughs> it was really good times. Huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just... <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's actually... That reminds me of when I was 18. I remember you went, was, you I was went straight to the Lucky Stripe, didn't you? That's... I actually... I, I heard Parliament was really good. Um, huh. And I tried Parliament. I figured, you know, like, they were long and elegant, and then later I learned that it was the old lady cigarette, and I said, you know what? I'd exfoliate some old lady's guts, so I might as well smoke their cigarettes while I'm at it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks for the pity laugh. <laughs> that, 
Hey, old lady cigarettes are the way to go. I used to, whenever, I remember one time when I was younger, I was at my friend's house, and his grandma was like 90, and she was smoking cigarettes, uh, just trying to speed her way up to the grave. And I remember like, we, I sat down in her trailer, and I just smoked one of her grandma's cigarettes. I was like, oh, this is what grandmas smoke. Um, I don't remember, I remember being oddly wow. cathartic. I don't know, I don't know why. Uh, cathartic. What yeah, a riveting so, story. Yeah. Like, we were, yeah. like, I don't know what this is filled with, but it's, it is a hundred. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, I wish I could remember. It was like USA Golds or something, I want to say. It's a very mm. grandma brand. This cigarette. feels like the 1920s, quite cathartic. Mmm. <laughs> Reminds me of a simpler time when I wasn't even uh, conceived. <laughs> yeah. It was. No, it was Edna a good birthday. Were, uh... I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Go ahead, Edna. Edna. Edna? You know, at one point, Edna was eight, and her name was still Edma. That's the, that's the crazy thing about old people names. You think of them that way, but, you know, at one point, she was a 21-year-old hottie named Edna. Dude, Edna hit me up on Twitter, dude. Oh, my God. Um, you, nice. you, know, you know what? Like, this is completely tangential, and this is the last thing I'll say, um, tangentially, is I wish someone would name their daughter Beulah. Like, just bring that name back, Beulah. Like, Beulah, I've never heard that name before. It's a very old, like, 1920s, 1930s woman name. Even before it, that, Beulah. I wish someone like, would bring that. It stuck around in the South a little bit longer. Beulah. Yeah. It sounds like something Just you can... one of those names. I rem- Go ahead. I was going to say, it sounds like something you contract if you drank dirty water. I got <laughs> Beulah disease. Ah, goddamn, he got the Beulah. <laughs> he got the Giardia and the Beulah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't funny until you actually added the Giardia to it. That that actually makes the joke. I don't get it. Yeah, it does. See, I, it went over my head. What, what's Giardia? What the hell is Giardia? Giardia? So Giardia it's, and here's like here's your bio break for the week, I guess. So Giardia is like if you drink water in like rivers or lakes that hasn't been treated, mm. especially in Montana. Like if you just like were to dip your hand and drink it without treating it at all. Um, you could get this bacteria, it's basically Giardia, that will make you, like, have diarrhea for weeks, possibly months, Ugh. up to a year. Uh, oh if my god! It mm-hmm. wrecks your guts. And oh, so that's... Chipotle. It's not, it's not a joke, it really wrecks <laughs> the shit out of your guts. Chipotle. I want to start a restaurant and name it Girardia. That sounds like an amazingly fucking... Girardia? Girardia? should name it Giardia. <laughs> god damn it. I'm working with what I got here, all right? I'm working with what I got. (laughs) But, yeah, Um, so don't, like, when you're out fishing, Morgan, really don't just drink the water. Like, have a water filter in all seriousness. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I don't drink water. I don't drink water at all. We talked about that last week, remember? I don't even drink clean water. The the only water that enters the system is when he just, you know, has to kiss that fish before releasing it. (laughs) Yeah, a little mouth-to-mouth, so... Um, mm-hmm. And also when I kiss fish, you know, it's also when I get a little mouth to mouth. Naturally. <laughs> uh, well, I hope you had a good birthday, and um, that's all. That's all. That's it. That's all I got to say. Hope you had a good birthday. No, I think it's like something. <laughs> I thought something clever to say there, but I didn't. Uh, th- thanks for being here, Shane. Of course, I am Morgan Barnes from Montana. Um, pretty exciting as we were talking about for the show, Ryan. I got a got a new interview up. A new podcast is up now called In the Blood. Josh did a, uh, a lot of work for me editing it this week. Um, cause I'm That's like, awesome. 
we are growing. Man. Shay got evoking the sublime. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah we are. Our, our sword chomp family is growing. Yeah, I was wondering what you thought of it, Josh, as a sound guy. Um, it's, uh, he's, you know, he's an audio director, so it might not be a, a name people are super familiar with. Um, and a lot of people don't even know a lot of people that make their favorite games. And so hopefully this is something me and Shay, you know, hope to change over time. Uh, with our interviews and, and stories and whatnot. But yeah, it's a, it's a really cool interview. Check it out in the blood, wherever you get podcasts. I interview the audio director for No Man's Sky. And honestly, it was a lot of fun because really anyone that's near No Man's Sky at all, the creation of it, I just want to get a whiff of them. <laughs> just a little whiff of that of that uh, that juice, and I'm happy. Um, but it was that's actually fair. something. <laughs> it, was, it was a passion Ryan, project. Ryan actually <laughs> had a really good idea for um, another podcast too earlier. On the oh, Instagram, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I would, I would love, love it. It would be great. Yeah, Josh's, what, yeah. What, what was the idea? What was your idea, Ryan? Um, Josh should just sit back and play some old classical music and talk about various different alcohols. There he goes, raising the glass and uh, mm-hmm. talk about hot sauce and just Josh things, man. Just, just sit back and talk That'd about very awesome. intellectual things. It would be fucking awesome. Well, Nobody else either. Just Josh's Josh. corner. Josh's <laughs> corner, dude, like a, a ten minute a week thing. Just Josh's corner just gets in there dude, and rambles I would about love whatever that. the hell he wants and that would be fucking great. You know what would be awesome? He could even like just stream that on Twitch, just like pop up once a week or once a month for ten minutes and that'd yeah, be the podcast. It'd be great. It could be a new uh Patreon tier, you know, you uh <laughs> Only for get... Patreon subscribers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get get the thing is, to Josh, the Twitch stream. Josh dresses in a suit, he has like a trilby hat or something. And he just he makes it super classed up. <laughs> I'd love that. Definitely. That oh man, that'd be cool. You gotta relate it to gaming somehow. That's the trick. It has to somehow circle <laughs> somehow. back. Twenty sec at the very end of it, it'll be like twenty seconds on a game. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, It'll be like, by the way, I played Pokemon. To summarize, sucks. try this game. At yeah. the very end. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with it, but it'll be great. Absolutely yeah. nothing to do with it. I am now using an old copy of Battletoads as a coaster. Something like that, you know, just like slide <laughs> in there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I was going to say, it's a nice segue, Ryan. If you sign up for our VIP Instagram page, which is only five bucks a month, um, you get access to a top-secret Instagram page with lots of cool behind-the-scenes stuff, including the creation of the logo for my new podcast, those breasts that Josh made in No Man's Sky, if you want to <laughs> see what we're talking uh... Um with the, with the header boys will be boys uh and all sorts of cool behind the scenes stuff over the past couple months if you if you want to join the vip club uh patreon.com slash swordchomp we would love to have you and you help support us all everything we do is is a labor of love from the evoking the sublime to in the blood to of course the Chompcast every week and your, your money goes to right now we're uh taking care of legal fees and website bills and all that kind of stuff and maybe saving up for like an e3 trip down the road or something so it's in a, it's going to a good place um but yeah so with uh i was gonna say without further ado uh ado, i would like to get to the topic of the show i thought i had one like random note on here that i didn't want to to miss oh i was gonna say please leave a kind rating if you do listen to it on on itunes if you leave a bad rating like a one-star rating i'll probably just curl up into the fetal position to light myself on fire so we want to prevent that from happening please if you like the the interview i did leave a kind rating as with all of our podcasts um, 
but let's get right to it. I want we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. No Man's Sky obviously fits appropriately with this, but this is something Shay had talked about a few weeks ago, wanting to talk about games that we were tepid on or kind of didn't like at first that we ended up coming around on. And I posed that question to our Instagram community as well. So I will read those responses in a bit because our community, as usual, was amazing. And I love to get them involved. Um, so I'll throw it to you, Shay. I have an idea about what game inspired this topic, but I will, you know, let you take it away here. Yeah. Um, so I was playing, obviously, like I said, I was playing Fallout 4 on my birthday, but I decided to start it up again because I never played through the DLC. Um, I played the game fully a few years back and I was a little bit underwhelmed by it. Um, I was not as pleased with it as the previous two games in the Fallout universe. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just, I never bought the DLC. And then last year when it was on sale, I decided to buy it. And um, now that we have a little bit of downtime, I decided, hey, I'm going to play it. So I decided to start playing it. And I've been enjoying it a lot more, I've noticed, because I've I've been able to kind of focus on the things that I want to focus on and not just like, everything that's in the game because there's a ton that's in the game mm. and one of the things that you can do in the game is help the Minutemen and like constantly do missions for preston garvey and if anybody remembers the one of the first mottos we had at the beginning of the whole podcast it was fuck preston garvey and because i couldn't stand him i i didn't realize that he gives you infinite missions so I, I remember spending, like, days, like, when did these missions end? You were trying to exhaust his Not mission realizing. list, weren't you? <laughs> right, yeah. But it just, uh. that just keeps coming and coming um, and coming. And I I got sick of it, and it really it. turned me off the game, to be honest with you. Like, that that one thing really made me not like the game as much. So this time around, I was like, I'm not going to do any of Preston, Preston's missions. I'm not going to do any of the story mission until I kind of do all the side stuff that I want to do and all the DLC. And I've enjoyed the game so much more. Um, a lot more. It's been a lot more interesting, a lot more fun for me. And that's kind of what inspired the topic for me, because I, I, I realized that this game really is good. I just needed to focus on the things that I wanted to do and not what I thought I had to do. Mm. I mean, we don't, uh, that's interesting, Shay, that you bring that up, because I know we don't get too concerned with the critical consensus for our own opinions, but I do, we do talk about it sometimes just for the sake of conversation. I remember that game being received well, but so my understanding, just looking back, was like the general idea was just people saying it's a really good game, but it's just kind of more Fallout, more of the same. Was that the general criticism? Does that sound about right? Yeah, it just felt like it was like this uninspired version of the previous two games when I first played it, and mm -hmm. it, it just it felt like they put all this time and energy into new things that weren't that interesting. So, for for example, like the settlement building, it's not something I really care about. It it feels like a sim at that point, like a simulator, and that's not something I was really interested in. And a lot of the uh, continuous missions in the game revolve around settlement building and continuation and upkeep of those. And that's not something I was ever interested in doing. So like that was one of the new elements of the game to set it apart from previous iterations. And that's not interesting to me. Um, and I have a feeling that a lot of yeah. people felt the same way, which is kind of what yeah. turned a lot of people off. 
And yeah, a lot of the game mm-hmm. did feel largely the same except that element. Or one of the other elements they integrated that actually I, I appreciated is they made a lot of legendary creatures. And those legendary creatures are just like buffed up versions of creatures you see throughout the game. The cool part is if you defeat these legendary creatures, they give you a unique item. It can be armor or it could be a weapon that basically has a special ability, such mm-hmm. as like you do 15% additional damage against super mutants or something like that. And that was welcome because it added like this loot element to it that didn't feel overly looty, if that makes sense. Like I wasn't walking around mm-hmm. the world always looking for these creatures, but if they happen to pop up, I got really excited. I'm like, cool, I'm going to get a badass item out of this. And yeah, so they're kind of leaning into the loot stuff a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was awesome. That that was something I didn't realize that the Fallout universe was kind of missing that I wanted ultimately, and I think that was a great addition. But yeah, the game largely felt the same, unfortunately, and I could see that being a criticism against it. Um, but the the story I thought was really good. I think it's much better than mm-hmm. Fallout Three, uh, Fallout New Vegas. Oh. I thought it was a little bit... The story, the main story was a little bit better story, than that, yeah. personally. Hmm. Yeah, that's in, always... Inter- yeah, in, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, interesting. Did Yeah, I guess if anyone has anything to say about Fallout 4, I feel like this would be a good time. I, I know, for me personally, I am just bummed that it hasn't come to PSVR yet. Um, they, they were really talking about bringing it to PSVR, and I wanted to give it a shot on there. And it never... Which is weird, because Bethesda really does support PSVR really well. But that's the only one they haven't brought to... They brought it to the PC on the Vive, but for some reason, they have not brought it to... And it's frustrating mm-hmm. to me because I, if I'm going to play it again, I'd love to play it uh, in that capacity. But, um, yeah, I think that's a, a fair... Cur- My only, the only thing that always confused me about, the, about that game in particular when I played it was Bethesda has a lot of money. I mean, they can throw their own press conference. I always thought it was weird that the production values were not super high, like, on the characters' faces and stuff. Not that that's the end of the world, but, like, I always thought it was kind of weird that, but that, like, I feel like they have the money, right, and that the production values to pull off the production value side of things now. Um, but I, I mean, but it seems like it's been kind of consistent from, like, Fallout to New Vegas to Fallout 4 as far as, like, what they're pushing on the system. Do you, is that, do you think that's a fair or unfair criticism, or...? I feel like it is and it isn't. Like, for its time, I remember when I started Fallout 4, I was like, damn, this game looks so much better than the previous two ones. Like, it looked great. You you look at, like, dog meat. A do- dog meat in Fallout 4 is a step down from the dog in Far Cry 5 in terms of realism. Uh, mm-hmm. At the time, dog meat looked really, really good and yeah. realistic. Uh, some of the facial capture for the characters was at times really bad and at times really good. And it just felt like, at times, in Fallout 4, they they were like, oh, well, we can skimp on this and save some money. And that's where I agree with you, because there there are times I've been playing it now where I look at some, like, the mouth movement of the characters, I'm like, God, that looks like 2008. Yeah. But then there were other times in that game where, like, the visuals were really striking for its time. And yeah. Well, I mean, a lot I of that's surprised. just the scale of it, because most yeah. of those games have effort put into the main 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 story as far as animation budget and then everything else is automated um right 
so yeah, you can end up with wildly different results in that Absolutely. that that well, sort of game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's kind of what any, happened. Any any experience with Fallout, Ryan? Are you a fall? I know you're a big Skyrim yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, it's actually um, kind of cool that Shay brought that up because about three weeks ago, um, me and my wife took a deep dive in Fallout. It was three to four weeks ago when they released it on the Xbox Games Pass. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. And I re-downloaded it, and I wasn't a big fan of the original Fallout Four. I was okay with it for about twenty hours, and then. You know, some of the criticisms, like, Shay said that he had a problem with, like, the settlement building and, you know, Preston Garvey and the Minutemen always up your ass. It just kind of pushed me away. Plus, there was a lot going on at that time, but... Whoa, whoa, I'm interested. Yeah. The Minutemen are in your ass? Okay, I'm on board now. <laughs> Feels like a car salesman, though. Yeah, like, yeah, you, it, you, exactly. You roll into Sanctuary, and he's like, oh, I got another job for you, and you're like, fucker, I need to put my equipment away. Chill out for two minutes. Yeah, and yeah. And he's like, but, but bro... People are dying. You got to help them. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. Well, if people are dying. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed it, you know, for about 18, 19 hours. Fell off a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot more for the things that I didn't really appreciate or notice the first time around. Um, like Shay said, I just focused on what I wanted to do this time. Kind of, Kind of going into it knowing I wouldn't see it all the way through, but just wanted to go out and just have fun and just do my own thing, ignore mm-hmm. the story, just explore. And uh, there's a lot of interesting things that happen in that game and a lot of, you know, uh, mechanics and things that are just going on behind the scenes that you, you don't even have to get involved in. Like, for example, I seen a Deathclaw just completely attack a group of raiders that were after me. And it was just, you know, it, it was pretty neat watching that happen. I was able to escape and get into a building and hide. And then, you know, the death claws creeping through the alleys looking for me. And it was just, it was a different side of the game that before, I guess, I really didn't appreciate. Or it, 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 was, it was too caught up in the zeitgeist and the hype of the moment when it first came out. So there was too many criticisms going on, too many, you know, opinions flying around. And it kind of, you know... um yeah mold molded my own opinion for the game at the time but then taking a step back and playing it without any hype any opinions it was uh yeah kind of like another game that we were talking about exactly another thing that it's gonna be hard to notice as much though is there's a good chance if you played it on release it was much more buggy as well so you could just be having an easier time actually making progress because yeah yeah for for example like i played Fallout 3 when it first first came out and most of my memories of that mm. game are of the bugs yeah um, whereas I waited for New Vegas until a little while after that one had been out and they'd fixed quite a few of the problems and I remember the story a lot more um, granted I think the story is probably uh, New Vegas is one of the better stories as far yes. as it is. Yeah, yeah. But, it is. but it had a primary antagonist that mm-hmm. was really easy to remember. So Yeah, yeah. But but I don't remember the bugs as much in that game, is kinda of what I was getting yeah. at. Mm-hmm. So I mean just just giving a Bethesda game a little time to, to finish cooking can can make a big difference yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if New Vegas might be my favorite one of the three. I don't know. It's weird. I, but I don't I I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying I wonder sometimes because I, I, I have fond memories of 
not falling off New Vegas, but for some reason I fell off of... Well, three, three had the magic of being the first. Like, the first time I mm -hmm. stepped into that abandoned supermarket and I was killing... Yeah. yeah. Um, killing, you know, whatever they were. Apocalypse, cannibalistic. Yeah, cannibalistic uh, people of the apocalypse or whatever. I, like, there was just... And I was getting used to the vast system. Like, that first memory of the game will always be the most powerful, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Also, yeah. I think given the community yeah. time to play with, you know, what Bethesda created, because a lot of their games that come out get heavily modded. I mean, at least Skyrim and the Fallout series do. And, uh, I mean, they come up with some really interesting things. And, you know, most of the time they capitalize on it. And just being able to add mods to it changed it for me and made it more prettier and added weird features to it that I didn't think I wanted at the time, but now going back on it, it kind of modernizes the game in a way. And uh I gotta say this, I'm not I'm not making fun of you, but you pulled a fish move and I love you for it, Ryan. More prettier? That's exactly what fish would oh, say. Oh dude, it's all those exact words. I was just thinking the same exact <laughs> yeah. thing. Hey well I, I was supposed to take fish's spot today, so That's true. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. true. Uh, You're doing it. You're doing it. I only give you shit. Fish will be proud. Yeah. Fish will be proud. Uh, I agree. I agree, though, Ryan. Yeah, it just, I mean, not to just talk about Fallout 4 this whole time. Uh, just, it's fresh in my mind. But actually, I felt mm -hmm. a lot of the same way about New Vegas, too. Or New Vegas as well, rather. Because when I first played that game, I put it on the uh, the hardcore survival mode, and it really turned me off the game. Because um, mm. I was like, oh, I'm badass enough to do this. And uh, I fucked myself over. But then I went back and I played the game again just on normal difficulty and i had so much more fun with the game as well um and there's there have been a lot of games for me in the past that i kind of i play and i don't initially really appreciate the game and then i kind of come back to it as a completionist standpoint and i end up enjoying the game way more horizon zero dawn was actually another one of those for me when yeah, i first played yeah. and i was like it's really beautiful but this game is boring as ass um though ass isn't boring but it was just boring. And then I played it again um, earlier this year and actually really heavily focused on what I was doing story-wise and everything, and I enjoyed the game so much more. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that um, because you actually had a famous rant against me back in the day when I was hating on Horizon. Uh, maybe you could get somebody to find it and edit it in the show. I don't know. <laughs> I can't promise that. But you had like a, a legendary rant where you were just going off on me about all the little things, which was fair. I mean, you were basically talking about how gamers were, you know, were entitled and all this stuff and were nitpicky. Do you remember that rant at all? Oh, of course, yeah. And I still, I still <laughs> feel, I still feel that way, be, um, especially about you, because like you'll give you, and and I say this because I love you. You'll give games you love passes, but then the games you don't appreciate as much, you are fucking rough on them. Yeah. Um, and you like you give you give ge certain games criticism that you don't like that the other games have the same problem, but you like those games, so you give them passes. Exactly. And I kind of think that I think that's all of us at the end of the day. But well, definitely, well, definitely think you are the main perpetrator of that between the four of us, Morgan. I, I will say this, I. Because I've been thinking a lot about this in general and criticism because I like to have an open mind even toward myself. I know that might surprise some of you. I think that what it is is I will give a game more of a pass if I feel like it's attempting something really ambitious. If I feel like it's not attempting something ambitious, I will probably be more of an asshole to it. So I think what happened with Horizon was I was like, here's a nice glitzy Sony first party game. 
you know, fairly run of the mill. And that's why I was more of an asshole to it. But what I've changed about my personal criticisms over the past year in particular, especially since that episode, because I ended up giving Horizon another shot and really loving it, was exactly what you guys did with Fallout 4. I said, look, I don't like the story in this game, so I'm just not going to do it. And I just ran around the world, and I just killed the dinosaurs and leveled up and, and kind of explored the loot system, and I probably put another 20 hours into it, and I loved it. But the second I had to go do the story again, I didn't like it. But that was okay, because the game felt incredible. It was one of the best feeling games I've played in years. The upgrade system was fun. The, the, the animation and, and the world and the, and the uh, machines mm. was just incredible. And that was enough for me to really love what I loved about it. It ended up being one of my five games of the year. But I just did not like the story, and I was being overtly nitpicky about all this stuff. And one of the things I've learned about myself is to go macro instead of micro with my criticism. So why pick all these? Really, all it was was the story. That was my problem. But I was like analyzing the characters and the opening. I was like too much. But really, I could have boiled it down to just saying I thought the the, the story was bad. Now, if you want me to break that down, I could. But that That's was the fair. point. So. So trying to learn to go macro, and yes, you're right, I will give games a break if I feel like they're trying something new or they're ambitious, because I feel like those games are generally, it's a tougher road, and I will try to be consistent in that regard. Yeah, and that's fair. I think, like, in those earlier days, we were kind of trying to figure out how we want to approach, like, games when we're talking about them, because we came from a previous standpoint of where we actually rated these games. And as we were starting in the early days, I kind of feel like we still had that mentality because we were trying to find our footing in terms of how we want to discuss games. Like before we would analyze and nitpick everything. Now we're kind of at a point where we're like, we're more broad. We're we're a lot, we're, we're, we're not as nitpicky anymore because we're, we don't want to rate these games. So at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's not like, it's not a big deal. Like, but yeah, I do remember that rant. Yeah, it's a good rant. You should go listen to it. If we don't end up putting it in the show, it's classic. Um, but, but yeah, and my larger point is, and I'm going to segue here to Josh's choice because you brought up Horizon, which was mine, and I'll talk about Nier in a second because that was a, a one that a lot of people brought up on the Instagram page. My, my larger point was just, yes, I changed the way I viewed things um, and broke it down because flaws are okay. Flaws are okay. Like, I don't, I, like, some of my favorite games are flawed. And I think when I was younger, I had this idea where I was obsessed with, like, the perfect thing. And, like, a lot of my favorite things as I've gotten older have been imperfect. And I think that's yeah. okay. And I think we get caught up in that too much, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No absolutely. Um, yeah. I think expecting perfection at this point is kind of, kind of ridiculous. So, yes, and I think it's more interesting to understand why you like something than by than to try and say exactly. this is bad. And, well, that and that, and I notice this from a lot of a from a lot of haters don't under not understanding that something with a problem can still be good, and from a lot of fanboys who like something and don't realize that it's not perfect. Like, like you you kind of get both sides of this. Like, yes. everyone wants because to just because like, people tr- yeah. Go ahead, sorry, I didn't interrupt you. Go no, ahead. I'm just like people are going to defend what they want to defend, and that's that's fine. But it's it's important to to start to notice that. I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it's like, if you look at it this way from an analytical point, if you like something, it becomes, how can I defend the thing I like instead of realizing, well, maybe I like it because of this and that, even though these things are reasons they don't like it. And mm -hmm. the conversation can change. And you can have a more interesting conversation, I think, that way than just saying, well, I still like it, so that means you must be wrong about the flaws. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyways, that's that's a, a grander debate, but I think that falls into our discussion. Uh, Josh, when you were thinking about this, like, was there a game in particular that... Um, several, actually, and some that maybe I'll like if I ever get back around to them, because I haven't liked them so far. So, um... <laughs> Hold um, on, I gotta get ready to... Am I gonna get mad at these? Let me see. No, no like, <laughs> the, first, the first obvious one was from the show, and that was the Doom remake. Uh, oh, which yeah, 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 yeah. I hated the first little bit of it because it was like the first, I don't know, three, four levels of it are just generic zombie shooter type stuff. And like I played like an hour of it or whatever it was, half hour to an hour of it. And it was so generic that I just, I stopped. I stopped for like half a month, month before I finally picked it back up again and then absolutely loved that game for all the just fast-paced arena shooter type stuff that it did so well um that you know i i hadn't given it, haven't hadn't given it enough time to show me before i gave up the first time <laughs> well and that's a tough thing right how long do you have to give that's a whole other discussion yeah. for another <laughs> day but how long do you give a game before mm -hmm. yeah yeah well i mean on on that note i also I'd also written down Final Fantasy 13 at one point and and like I really loved the combat once it finally showed you the combat but it took a long it took time way yeah. too long way too long long enough that I'm I'm not giving that a pass like at all like <laughs> yeah it's yeah. The only reason you probably stuck with it is because you played Final Fantasy since you were a kid, and you have like a level of exactly. loyalty for that, exactly. that series. Yeah, exactly. If it, if it wasn't if it didn't have that Final Fantasy name on it, I would not have stuck with it long enough to finally realize that there is a good combat system in there. They just don't want you to know about it <laughs> for yeah. the first couple dozen hours. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Um, did you? I felt the same. Well, you know, weirdly enough, Josh, I was blinded by the visuals at the time, but going back and playing 13, my biggest criticism is if they remade 13 and left everything the same, all the cheesy Japanese anime goodness, um, but just changed the combat system, I think that's a Final Fantasy I'd love to replay, but I just, the beginning of that game is such a slog, um, because yeah. you just don't do any, and I, I don't think it's fair to necessarily say you just push A, but the the primitive nature, and some of them start slow, like Final Fantasy IX is notorious for mm -hmm. starting incredibly slow, um, but yeah, it's it's a rough start. Do you have another one on there? Well, I like I said, I had several. Um... But, I mean, th those those are the two big ones, ones that I just okay, I okay. hated at the beginning. Um, I mean, I kind of mentioned this before, but um, Nino Kuni two I've ended up really enjoying this year. Um, but Tomorrow, at the beginning, yeah. the story is so bland compared to the first one, which is just mm. one of the most just engaging stories from a JRPG for a long time. Was the original. Nino Kuni, and just the, yeah. the way was, that the way that story, story like your mother yeah your mother yeah, dies is, in the beginning yeah and... yeah it was it was so good and then in this one you get like this short cut scene and then you're 
into the game in a really awkward way, and it was just like it was done poorly, just just poorly, poorly. But you know, like the systems were good enough to pull me through the game after I just kind of mm-hmm. zoned out. That was, I kind the opposite. I, mean, I guess kind of like you were saying with Horizon, just you know, just do what I enjoy doing with the game. And so, like, I, yeah. like I mentioned before, it's kind of zoned out and did that while editing the show a bunch. And it is cool that games allow us that freedom more now to just sort of almost dance around the things that we don't like, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. Um, and Kuna, I'm saving your selection because he didn't know he was going to be on the show today. Fish had an emergency. So we actually left a comment in our community because he's one of our active members, friends, and VIPs. I don't know if I mentioned that already. And um, so yours is going to be a good segue for a little bit, a little bit from now. Um, uh, a couple comments here I wanted to read. Uh, and one of them is a nice transition as well. I want to see what you guys think of these, okay? So by the way, every Thursday at Swordchomp on Instagram, you leave a comment. I'll tag you and we'll probably mention it or talk about it on the show maybe. Um, we had some good ones here. Some people are like, uh, C-3PO mentioned Bloodborne. That's a good one because that game is so tough at first, much like the Souls games. Like, I'd, a lot of people don't like those at first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but you stick with it and it just had that yeah. aha moment where it just clicks. Yeah. I agree with the Bloodborne one. I first bought it because of all the hype, and within an hour, that first town where all those you know <laughs> yeah. hobos with the pitchforks and torches <laughs> are beating your ass, um, yeah. I, I was sitting there, and I was like, you know, I only have a couple hours after work to play games, and I'm not progressing. Like, why am I subjecting myself to this? And mm-hmm. I gave it up for about three months. And I went back yeah. to it on wow. one weekend when, you know, it was a rainy day and had nothing to play. And good God, I fell in love with it, man. The first time you beat, like, the very first, it's not even a boss. It's just, like, a, a tough The enemy. guys at the bonfire? Yeah. I yeah, was, like I the, yeah, when you mm-hmm. beat that, that satisfaction you feel, I actually, I almost threw my controller, but in not rage, just joy. Like I jumped up and I was like, I was like, I get it, you know, like Eureka, it was amazing, and um, it became like almost an addiction, like that adrenaline high that you get. It just, oh man. So I went out and got Dark Souls three, you know, when that came out, and it was a, I I I see why that game works. It's not for everybody, but you know, it it it's something special, it's something unique. Yeah, I, I think Bloodborne especially has a, a really rough start mm-hmm. um, because that first, just just that first zone where you're just you're just going down a side street towards, you know, that bonfire where all the villagers have killed the beast. Yeah, there it is so dense with enemies compared to almost anything else in the entire Souls series mm-hmm. that. It can, yeah, like, like it is. It is a rough, just rude awakening coming into that game if you don't yeah. know what's what's going on with yeah. that series. Yeah. Exactly. That was my. F- I remember like grinding the blood echoes. Like I was like, yeah. I love the look of the game, so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna grind some blood echoes for like one afternoon and explore this city. And so I'd play it safe. I'd kill a little bit, go back. Kill a little bit, go back. And then eventually, I had enough blood echoes to level up like five or six times. And then suddenly. I was killing the things faster. It was less stressful. I was, I got through the whole city. I was exploring it and then I was in love, but I had to tell my, now that's again, that's not going to be for everyone, but, um, God, video games are weird in that way. Um, 
a couple people were saying, let's see, uh, John Lawless said uh, Mass Effect. He wasn't really big on it. Now one of his favorite franchises, which I think is surprising. I love that right from the go. But you know what? That is surprising. Can, that game is like, fucking yeah. cra- crazy awesome from the get-go. Yep. Maybe it was the first Mass Effect. Cause I know some people were a yeah. little... That's I can see it with the first Mass Effect. Because like, I loved it, and I was really interested in the story right off the bat, just because it starts off with this whole, you know kind of sci-fi mystery but like i mentioned before a couple weeks ago whenever it was we brought up mass effect last um (laughs) since it's so stat based in that first game you'll just miss stuff that you think you should hit at the beginning of the first mass effect and so i could i can see how that would turn off a lot of people who were not expecting stats you know in any capacity so stats um agreed uh, let's see here. Cap Religion said he couldn't stand the first Borderlands when he played it the first time, and then he gave another shot and fell in love. Um, Mr. Hicks 2299 said, gotta agree with Morgan, and apparently Shay. Horizon Zero Dawn starts off really bad, but becomes a good game if you are in. I, it's, yeah, for me, yeah, like I said, it was just the heavy tutorialized story it wasn't doing anything for me, and then whenever the freedom came, the, the love came. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, this is a good one. Kilted Gamer said, you know, I really was lukewarm on Final Fantasy XV when I first started playing it, but just, um, but then just started up the, the game started opening up a little more. I started learning the little tricks and the details, and I realized I went in wanting to dislike it. Now it's probably in my top 10 for this generation. And that's a weird game because that game has all sorts of weird, that was like a beautiful disaster. It was like 10 years in the making. Mm-hmm. So many people had their hands in it. Um, very weird. It was like a road trip. But yeah, I love that game. It always saddens me a little bit that nobody else in the crew ended up sticking with it because it was my game of yeah, the year. Yeah, I still haven't um, finished it. Like, I've gotten... I don't know. Like, I almost... I, at this point, I'm fine never finishing it, as far as I'm concerned. I could just go through and do all the fishing I want and just screw around. You know? The the story, in my opinion, doesn't. It's is a horrible disclaimer, but if you're playing the game, the story started to pick up around chapter seven. So what I was doing was I do a little fishing, a little side quest, I do a story mission, fishing side quest, story mission mm-hmm. until the story got good. Now that doesn't make I'm not making excuses for it. I'm just saying that's how I was playing the game. And then about chapter seven, it just turns into a linear roller coaster ride to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I I agree with them. I liked it, but I can see why that game would really turn people off because. Yeah. I don't know. I loved it from the beginning, yeah. but I get I don't it. Know. It's, it's odd. Like, I enjoyed all my time with that game, but then I still never finished it. Yeah, Just because, yeah, like, the, huh. the story just did nothing for me. Yeah. So, well, well, I just, I never, just joined- I, like, I, I'm sure I put as much time as you did into that game, but I just never finished the main quest line. I think it's how disjointed the story was, too. Like, the way they set it up, it just felt kind of, yeah. it was, like you said, that game felt like it was stitched together in a, in a, in a yeah. way that I found. Too many cooks. Co- Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still loved it, though. Yeah. But um, I, I get the criticism. Um, Real Bobby K said, Witcher 3 and Horizon had the same effect on me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Josh never came back to Witcher 3. Well, that's, on my, that was right that, that's the one that's on my list of games <laughs> that I want to play more of. Like, I might set it down to easy because the combat is just bad and just see what I can get through the story because from everything I've heard, the story is really good the like even the stories for the side quests are really good and i just i couldn't get past the the combat to to experience enough of those 
So maybe I'll give it another shot sometime. Yeah, that's tough. I get it. I get it, Josh. Um, but I will say this. I wish the people that did the Witcher 3 story stuff would get together with the Horizon people and just make that shit crazy. Because that was like, <laughs> that was the one thing Horizon needed was that crazy, like, you know, instead of, oh, like a generic side quest filler thing, like they needed some of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I, I actually, I thought the main quest line was all right on Horizon, but I, I agree with you. Like all the side quests were the same sort of MMO type generic. Oh no, there was a bandit raid. Someone kidnapped my brother. Help. Like every single one of them. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, filler. It's just filler. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes for the story mission, you'd go somewhere and just shoot a bunch of humans. And I'm like, you know, it's a little anticlimactic because yeah. I just took down a giant machine and now I'm going to kill 20 humans with my. It's, it's, you know, it's yeah. not quite as uh, dramatic. Um, anyways. <laughs> Bad Zach said Bloodborne, we already talked about that, but that's a good one. And Eric Dot Ow said Demon Souls, which is also the same kind of thing. Mm. Um Yasarto said Rainbow Six Siege. I don't know enough about that to comment on it, but that's one I've heard a lot of. Uh Border Jumper Mel, you'd appreciate this, Josh. They said Katamari Damasi. I don't know why I didn't like it at first, but after rolling up an entire city, I can never go back. Well It's like Inception. I get that though, because I've played through that game dozens of times at this point just because i love it so much but the first three or four levels uh, the scope is so limited that you just you don't really get a good idea of what the game is um like you don't get the whole experience of picking up slightly larger things just slowly slowly snowballing the thing like the first couple levels are basically just roll around and collect crap like there's there's not much strategy going on and they're all really short they're like two minute missions once you know what you're doing they're two minute missions but like it's they're they're not great they're not great and i've noticed that the last couple times i've played through that game like the first first couple missions don't have the same feel that the entire rest of the game has which is amazing 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 Sounds like something they can relate to. Father Bowman said the first Borderlands. We already talked about Borderlands, but weirdly enough, I loved the first Borderlands and just couldn't get into the rest of them, so I had the opposite effect. Um, but I think that the, he mentioned the style turned him off, and I think for a lot of people, hmm. getting used to that like cartoonish style was probably an adjustment. Uh, but I thought it was very beautiful. Oh, this is a good one. Freaking Tony J said Animal Crossing on GameCube. He made fun of his friends so much for buying it, and he was wrong. See, that was a lot of them. You look on the- <laughs> That was a lot of people. That was a yeah. lot of people, I think. <laughs> that game was golden. Uh, it was. That game was the best. Was, oh, man. I, I, it's, it is a travesty that Nintendo refuses to give us new Animal Crossing. The, I don't understand. I, I, somewhere deep inside, I believe they have it cooking. They're not going to give us some weird yeah, phone, you know. Weird foam port of it. They're going to give us a nice, solid one and for the Switch. It'll be really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be so perfect on the Switch, too. Oh, Because def- it, oh, it has the horsepower to give us, you know, yeah. the better-looking experience like the GameCube ones, but then, you know, you can it's take it like, anywhere with you. Oh, oh God. It's going to be it's, so good. It's, it's going to be the best. It'll be perfect. It It'll is. Perfect. It's, sort of like, it's sort of like Pokemon Snap. You're just like, why isn't there... Why isn't there, although there have been other Animal Crossings, but they've just sort of rehashed it on 
other systems, it's been kind of the same game to a degree. Now, that, that's a little unfair, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just frustrating. Mm-hmm. Frustrating. Mother Wolf, so a lot of people said Nier. Mother Wolf said Nier. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, she didn't like the controls or anything. It wasn't until she played 9S. Um, there was somebody else that mentioned Nier in here. Kyle literally said Nier is now his favorite game of all time. He wanted to love mm-hmm. it going in, but it wasn't the most fun, especially in the first two endings, which is crazy that you could actually Ugh. dislike the first two endings see, of a game. See, that's... I'm not going to give it a pass for that, because that's... This is one of those games that everyone who has played it as many times as you have says it's just great. Uh, I've played it four, yeah. But no, <laughs> no, you can't. Four times. <laughs> if it's not good until you've played through the game eighteen times, it's not a good game. Like, well, I don't you, think th- you're, you're, you're you're falling for sunk cost at that point. Oh, I've put in twenty yeah. hours this game and it keeps getting better. It wasn't good for the first twenty hours. Stop telling me it's a good game. There's a lot wrong with it, definitely. Um, but I, 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 I don't know, like, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I picked it up on Morgan's. Uh, recommendation and just seeing how much love he has for it and Mm -hmm. i've enjoyed it i'm probably about six hours in i just finished the desert part with the weird long-haired android anime guy and uh i'm enjoying the smaller things the music the the little small details but the combat and everything else it's hard to I, I feel like I'm chugging through it just to for the promise of something better that everyone keeps saying is gonna happen but I'm enjoying it. Like, you know, it's it, it, it's. <laughs> I'm enjoying yeah, it, it, but I'm chugging it, through it. it. It's, <laughs> no, but it's it's mediocre. <laughs> it's mediocre to me, I guess. It's it's an alright game. Well, yeah. Like, I I don't hate hate it, but it's not good enough for me to put all the time into it that everyone says yeah. is required. Yeah. Is that's that's where well, I'm at with it. This, um, this, which is this, like, uh... I loved the beginning where it was just a shmup. Like, it's a top down bullet hell type game that turns into. Metal Gear turns into like a fighting game. Like it's yeah. it's all over the place for the first couple hours until you're able to finally save for the first time, mm-hmm. and that is such a strong entrance. And then you get to just nothing, just like grinding your way through a PS2 game that you know. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I like the weird thoughts okay, so- it provokes. <laughs> You know, the weird, yes, the, that. The, the, you know, it kind of has a weird, interesting way of putting you in the mindset of an Android, seeing how, mm-hmm. you know, 2B has no emotion and 9S keeps, or not 9S, but the, the radio comms coming across or something or saying like, hey, lighten up and just the upgrading system, how you can upgrade weird stuff that an Android probably would upgrade and makes you sit back for a second and think about life. But then you're like, yeah, well, you know. I'd rather be playing something else. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's t- it, you have to kind of be in the right mindset too. Like, especially like I was joking with Ryan about this because he's more of like a game jumper. Like he can jump from like game to game to game all at once. And mm-hmm. like the way my brain works, it's very hard for me to do that. Um, like I have to, I stick with something for like a month until I'm sick of it, and then like I move on. And everyone's different. Um, but the the biggest thing I will say in defense of Nier, because if you read all these comments, these people, um, just like expressing like how how you literally going from like it's okay to it's my favorite game ever like how do you make that that full circle you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and what i always tell people is you have to look at it like this josh it's i'm not going to make excuses for it because i i think the combat is enjoy it was a platinum game i think it feels smooth i think the music's great but i had a lot of the same feelings you guys did the thing is it's not play play this game until it gets better it's he did this very risky risky decision to chop up the story into four parts 
The problem is, the first part of the game is one chunk of the vision. So when you play the second time you play through the game, he plays a different character, you fill in a lot of the holes, and then the third time, there's an even bigger twist where you play a completely different character and the story actually continues. So, the tricky thing is, he made a risky, creative, and in many ways brilliant decision, but if you don't stick with it until at least the second playthrough, you'll never see it. And there's yeah. no way to justify... I'm not. Yeah. No. There's I, no way I, to do. I like what he that idea in theory, but I feel like the first playthrough should be at most a ten-hour experience if that's the vision they had. I think it is. I I, I can beat the first playthrough in about eight hours. Um, okay. Without any doing any side stuff. So I I believe that it's much shorter than you think it is. I okay. promise you. It that. seemed I, like it went on forever. Be, pro- well, that was well, the weird thing because it, it does would... it does go on forever because the first part you get so many side missions, and if you think oh this is an RPG style game, well let's let's go see what all the world has to offer. Like yeah, with the side a... missions, I'm sure it's at least 25 with all the extra yes, crap yes. you can do. Let's put it this way: the, the thing that weirded me out because it didn't make my game of the year when we initially did the show, mm-hmm. um, and I remember telling you guys. I'm worried that I'm going to start to like this game later because I finished it right before the end of the year. What happens is yeah. I turn the game back on just like, I need to knock this out, and I was at the end. I thought I was nowhere near the end. I played like two or three hours, and it was done in a night, and I'm like, holy shit. This is, so it's, look, I'm not going to shout to the heavens for Nier. I have a Nier shirt. I love Nier. It's like very near and dear. To, it's very near and dear to my heart. I didn't realize that happened. Yeah. But I... I, I'm not telling people to stick with it because it somehow changes and gets better. Stick with it because the story makes sense, and I think once you invest in the story, you might see what they're trying to do. Um, but I had a lot of people mentioning Nier, and I get it. It's the weirdest thing ever. I was tepid on it, and now it's one of my favorite... I'm one of those people now, and I don't want to be one of those people. I'm just trying to explain why it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. Did anybody here play Dragon's Dogma? Because... Hans, uh, Hans Athan mentioned Dragon's Dogma, but I don't, I don't, he said it was clunky uh, at first, but. I don't think I got around to that one, no. No. It was I a had, good game. I heard good it was a lot of fun. It, um, I didn't, I didn't play as much as I would have liked to play of that game, but, um, I don't really think you would have enjoyed it as much, Morgan. It was kind of like a Dragon Age game, okay. but a bit more hacky, hack and slash, I think. Um, so it was really rooted in that kind of, uh, medieval style uh fantasy scenario so i enjoyed it a lot for what i played of it but i just i don't know if like uh morgan would have been as high on it personally josh i never know with you it's like 50 50 bag so it's a i never know the thing i liked about the dragon's dogma demo was that it was more like it was was a capcom game you could like climb up on the monsters and shit it was like it had a weird feel to it awesome it's awesome yeah, uh, I was like one, of, one of the fights Stop. you do, and I'm sh- I'm not sure if you did it in the demo. Is basically you face off against this like chimera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This that huge was badass chimera, and that fight was so badass. I'll never forget that fight. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah, and then you realize that it was actually your little friend and her dog, and it's <laughs> such a gut Stop punch. Stop it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's too soon. Yeah, that is too soon. Uh... It's been nine years, but it's still too soon. Mm-hmm. uh god game guy one mentioned kingdom hearts which i think is interesting because a lot of people looked at it and probably said oh fuck disney characters in my final fantasy 
or, or the vice versa. Final Fantasy characters in my Disney, and and that probably rubbed people the wrong way. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that was a cool game at the time. Are, are you a big Kingdom Hearts guy, uh, Ryan? Because you, you're a big Disney guy. Yeah, I tried to get into it when they uh, did the remaster, I guess, on PlayStation 4. And mm-hmm. um, I was going through it for a while, and like you said, it was just kind of the game-jumping thing. And I hit this really hard part in Tarzan's you know, forest or whatever in the first yeah. one that was... It, was... it was really upsetting me and pissing me off, man, trying to swing on those vines and... Something else, yeah. came, something else came out at the time, and I was just like, yeah, I'm all right, you know? Yeah, the first yeah. one had some rough spots like that because it was... It did, yeah. It, 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 most of the rough spots in the first one were platforming-based because yes. it wasn't really a platformer, yep. but it had a couple platforming sections in some of those levels. Like, I, I remember... Square used to do I, that shit. Yeah, I, I, I remember that... I remember the Tarzan one, like you said, and Alice in Wonderland yeah, as well. Yeah, that one as was, well. Was what, you, you'd also hit a couple spots, and you were supposed to figure out how to platform through these areas. And it was just clunky enough that you weren't sure if it was something you could even do. Yeah, yeah. You half did, the time. You didn't know if it was your own skill doing it or the game. And yeah. it, it, it was frustrating. It almost felt like you, know, you had to jump at the exact time, at the exact moment, at the exact angle, or else the game would say, mm-hmm. fuck you. You're going to fall down this pit when, and any other platformer, you could have easily cleared that with your eyes closed. So it was kind of yeah. frustrating going back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do one more. Uh, Trumbaco1029 says, Ori in the Blind Forest was slow and boring to me at first, but after a couple hours, I got so into it that I ended up beating it 100% because I didn't want it to end. Um, yeah, so I need to sit one. down and play that game. Y- you do, you do. Like it's it's interesting. I'm I really like the beginning story wise, just because it it does a really good job of its wordless storytelling. But then you get into the game proper, and it's it's a little slow because it's kind of Metroidvania esque. But since you don't have any of the movement options, it's just kind of there until you start getting that whole move set, and the game really has its own feeling to it instead of just you know nondescript interesting yeah that's cool uh, and yeah that's that's uh, uh, pretty good s- go ahead Shay sorry no I was just gonna say I, re- I really wanna play it. I just wanna experience that art style and especially with the sequel coming out yeah or being I'm, announced at least, at least I'm gonna jump announced. I'm gonna jump right into the sequel I think and just uh, go from there cause it does look beautiful Beautimus. You dirty dog. Uh, you dirty dog. Uh, okay. Well, I think that's pr- pretty much going to do it. So I don't get too carried away with the comments. I will say, stick with Nier. Tell me. Stick with Nier. I will. It's, you're going to like it, Ryan. I One will. day you're going to be just like me. You're going to be like, God damn I it. I enjoy it. You know, let's put it this way. When you play the second time through, the guy does a hacking minigame, and while you're hacking, the music changes. It's the same song, but it transitions to like a chiptune version Ooh, of that song, right. and then right back. Um, it's it's real crazy. It's real. That's just one small example of uh, how weird that game gets. Um, Definitely, I'm enjoying it. It's just hard to oh, stick oh. with it. Yeah, yeah, especially with a lot of other stuff coming out right now, like uh, No Man's Sky, for example, which is kind of a time suck. Um, oh, I forgot. Somebody had mentioned. Sorry, Justin Timey Wimey. I was. I, this is a long one that I was really wanted to read. He said, as a kid, he fell in love with Final Fantasy X. 
then this, sorry, I shouldn't go backwards, but this is a really good comment. Then I got to 12 thinking it would be a continuation. I absolutely hated the mm. shift away from the turn-based style of 10, and I couldn't stand the characters. After about 10 hours, I set it down. Years later, I, um, I understood Final Fantasy more because I played so many other games in the series. So I decided to give 12 Zodiac Age a try, which was the... the or the remaster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved the game. Once I divorced myself of my childhood views, the political intrigue of the story, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the gambit system, you can love it. So that's a good one, right, Josh? Because I mean, I yeah. had twelve. I, yeah, twelve, especially twelve. Twelve has twelve is a lot like thirteen in that respect, as far as it just starting off really slow. Um, in in twelve, yeah. it's it's not exactly the same thing. Like in thirteen, it's just forced tiny party for so long whereas in 12 yes leveling up takes so long in that game that even though the whole system is open from the beginning you just you have no talent points to be able to actually customize anything for so long in that game Oh. Well, and the cool thing about the Zodiac game that he's now this is a tricky thing because mm-hmm. and the reason I wanted to bring this comment up is because the Zodiac version, I don't, however this counts, the Zodiac version of the game actually they they tried really hard to fix the flow of the game, mm-hmm. the difficulty level, yeah, like they changed that, that beginning that that first hump they smoothed out. Yeah, and like you can, there's all these things that they did to fix it. So that's an interesting case because he went back to a game that he bounced off of, but he played a better version of it. So that makes mm-hmm. me, um, that's almost like the uh, No Man's Sky discussion we're going to have. So thank you for the co- comment, Justin Timey Wimey. Uh, that's a really good game that I also bounced off of, and I want to play the Zodiac version because I want to love it as much as everyone seems to. And I'm wondering if maybe I will. I haven't touched it yet. Um, but that's a good transition because. Uh, you know, Hakuna Matata, our guest this week, bounced very heavily off the original No Man's Sky, much harder than even me and Josh did. I mean, I really loved it. Josh kind of liked it. Um, Hakuna Matata was one of the, um, uh, I don't know, we can't speak it. It's like Voldemort. We can't say what he was <laughs> at the time. He was the anti-zealot. Um, Definitely. <laughs> no, your comment that you left, I can read it for you to set you up here. It says, definitely No Man's Sky felt like at launch, um... I felt like that at launch, and I even tried to get a refund digitally. Uh, when Next launched, I fell in love with it. Um, I bought it from my Xbox One S so I could take advantage of the 4K. Um, and here you are, a nice transition for us for to finish up our No Man's Sky talk. So you were one of those people Definitely. that I was fighting against. <laughs> Definitely. I, um, oh, man, No Man's Sky launch was such a letdown. I, I got caught up in the hype, I agree, but... Um, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole no man's lie thing, but it's real. It's <laughs> 100% real. Um, reading Sean Murray's interviews now and seeing how he got ahead of himself and the ambition was too big and he was just caught up in the hype himself and promising things he uh, wanted in the game, but they just couldn't accomplish in the time frame um, changes the perspective. but. You know, originally I took three days off work. Um, I had the game pre-ordered, so, you know, pre-downloaded on PS4, I'd come home and see the, you know, the, the timer ticking down, and I was getting hype, and I had a whole bunch of beer stocked up and snacks, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was ready to go. I took a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off, and then I had the weekend. So I had a five-day hmm. weekend to sit down and wow. nerd out on this game. And... I loved the first day and a half, probably, but 
you know, going back to one of the points earlier, this is one of those games I think you have to put time in to appreciate, especially No Man's Sky, because you don't get off the first planet. When you first start the game, for about mm-hmm. five or six hours, I mean, now, being familiar with it, you can blow through it real quick, you know what you need, and you can get going. But back then, the game being new, it was... a. Uh, you know, I don't know, the big Star Wars fan in me and just the space exploration fan and Neil deGrasse Tyson fan and everything. I wanted this game to be just a space the game, and it wasn't. Every animal was 100% mm-hmm. the same and very oddly deformed and not procedurally generated. They all seemed the same, almost. Um, it was nothing like the trailer. There was no co-op. There was no lush planets where i mean i remember in the trailer you could see like a bronchiosaurus type of creature and then a rhino stampeded through like a forest and knocked the trees down here you couldn't knock the trees down unless you had a mining laser it was very mediocre and uh about the 12 hour mark i kind of got pissed off and i called um sony i mean of course you know caught up in the whole zeitgeist too that's when the whole internet and reddit and you know, every podcast in the world was ripping it apart. And I kind of felt... Oh, I remember. Yeah, and, and I, I fell remember. into it. I'm like, you know what? I just spent $60. I used some of my vacation time at work to stay home and be pissed off at this game. Called Sony, and I remember the lady said, how can you expect a refund after, like, 14 hours of you playing it? Well, you know, of course, me, oh, you don't understand. You know, it's false advertisement and this, this, and that. And she was pretty much like, yeah, no. You know, <laughs> it, it, take, it takes two bites of a burrito to realize you don't like it, not eat 90% of it and then be like, oh, you know, I want a refund. So they denied it and I uninstalled it and hopped aboard the, the hate train for years. Anytime that game popped up, anytime Sean Murray popped up, I actually cringed. I, I, and I'm not like that with games or, I mean, anything in my life really but just seeing anything about hello games i was very upset and um i felt cheated and then next was launching and honestly it was you morgan that was bringing the hype back up bringing the hype and the third person and all that and that's what i do i'm a hype def- man sean yeah, murray's paying definitely. me to be his hype man. and it worked it, <laughs> he's stuffing my it, pockets and I'm just, i wish it I worked know. this time dude i remember when I first became a fan of you guys, you would not shut the fuck up about No Man's Sky. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I love everything about this except you talking about No Man's Sky. And now, it's, uh, <laughs> it's awesome. Like, I don't know. It, it completely changed my mind on it. It's, it's a different game. I mean, there's a lot of the same criticisms and uh, things wrong with it. But the way they've expanded on it and changed it and now, you know, I mean, foliage is denser and thicker, and the flora and fauna is so much more different and vibrant, and each time you land on a different planet, it feels very unique and very, um, that's what I'm looking for. It just strikes that, that explorer itch. It, it you know, it... It sounds yeah. like, and it's just and sort of analyzing you, and I'll let you take it away, Josh. It sounds like just analyzing you, uh, Ryan. It sounds like your biggest grievance with the game, from what I'm hearing, was the actual, even even though I got really sucked into the randomly generated element of the game, it sounds like you just felt disappointed every t- with the variety of things you were seeing on the planets from 
Uh, that was your, is that your biggest grievance? Would you say if you had to narrow it down to one thing that was your biggest fix this, please, would you say it's, would you say it's yeah, that? Yeah, I felt like um, procedurally generated was not a thing. They were saying it was, but it wasn't. It felt very samey. Just uh, mix and match almost, you know? It felt very the same on every planet. Yeah. Well, yeah, and part of that was just a structural issue. Like, you have to be able to get back off of any planet you happen to land mm-hmm. on. Um, so you're going to have essentially the exact same stuff that you can find on everyone as far as materials go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's still kind of a thing, but they've sidestepped it a little bit with the whole refiner system. Um, I, I've noticed a lot. Um, whereas in, in originally there were like three items, like you needed three different things and everything dropped one of those three things. Yeah. Yeah, copper, More, zinc, plutonium. Yeah, like that was it. <laughs> like you need, yeah, Carbon. you need three things. You need your three colors Carbon, of yeah. crap. You filled up your backpack full of them and, and went on. Whereas in the new one, like every planet has drastically different stuff, yeah. and most of it can kind of be turned into something else you need, um, in order to get yourself back off the planet, keep going with the story and everything. Mm-hmm. But it makes it feel different at least because it's not the exact same experience. Like, oh, there's a tree. I know 100% before I do it, before I interact with it at all, what it's going to give me. Like, it's it's the exact same thing I've already interacted with so many other times, yeah. and they've they've really fixed that with yeah. just the the little changes of making slightly different elements that you can kind of use for similar purposes, and that have just different yields and stuff, as as well as the secondary elements from from everything like whenever you're mining stuff instead of just getting the one item basically anything you mine now you can you have a chance of getting something else that's slightly rarer mm-hmm. um which is different oh, i didn't know that wait so you're saying if you if you like destroy a tree you have a chance of getting another element from it is mm-hmm. that what you're saying yeah oh yeah i haven't noticed that yeah so it just it gives mm-hmm. every planet just slightly more its own feel not just in the visual department but also in the gameplay department that just makes well, it's, I don't know, it's, it, it kind of makes the whole thing feel more unique. Yeah, and organic. Well, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like what Fish was talking about last week, too. He really liked how there's tons of shit to dig up now yeah. and see in the world. Like, all sorts of weird eggs and uh, pods that are buried under the ground, which can give you anything from rare technology to just money. Like, there's just, the world is littered with, it's almost overwhelming for some people, I'm, I would assume, because you can pull out your visor and be like, good God, there is a billion markers in every direction, which I think was what they wanted to do because the, the biggest complaint I had with the original game, because we disagree to a degree about the elements of the random generation, and I've showed you a lot of the videos I made, Ryan. Yeah. Maybe I had better RNG, which is possible, but like I landed on some pretty beautiful looking places with some stuff that tickled my little brain clit in ways that I was pretty happy about. <laughs> I gave you a, bling, a brain clit drop there. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's fair. You know, I, I was more to the aquatic species as well. Um, but my, the, my biggest complaint with the original game was that the loop was very simple. You build a warp drive and you go. And people kept getting obsessed with getting to the core of the game. And I'm like, look, if that's what your drive is, playing yeah. this game is getting to the middle, then this is not the game for you. Because, like, who cares, mm-hmm. you know? So they've changed it around now where I almost don't even hear people talking about the fact that you're going to the galactic core. That seems almost superfluous oh, it, yeah. to why you're playing the exactly. game. Exactly. Like, I haven't heard one person talk about it. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. I've been scouring Reddit all week, and I haven't heard one person talk about it. It's just a, yeah. a, everyone's sharing beautiful screenshots and discoveries, and it's yeah, it's a different uh, yeah. it's a different community now. It's very crazy, you know. It's it. I don't know. I never thought I would see this happen with this game. Yeah, it's you know it's funny. I don't it. I don't I have no idea how psychologically this works, but I feel like the big change there was when you start the game you have your main quest line and it's it's your primary quest and it starts off with fix your ship do this do that just the the beginning tutorials and then it becomes mm-hmm. reach the core and they give you nothing else yeah. there aren't any sub steps along the way yeah. and i think that made such a big difference in feel because Whereas before, you, you, you figured all that stuff out on your own. Like, you figured out all the tutorial stuff, which I, I actually kind of liked figuring out the tutorial stuff on your own a little bit better, but that's, that's just me. But, but because you had that goal of, I'm the one getting to the core. Like, it wasn't even mentioned anywhere in game. You're just like, I'm getting to the middle. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Like, since, it, since that was your only goal that you made just for yourself, it wasn't something you mm-hmm. could really ignore. Whereas in this one, they tell you, hey, the overall goal is to get to the middle. Do whatever you want along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, and yeah. Yeah. And, so you think it's a psychological... And I also think it's a little more psychological when people see a more positive... Like, and we'll talk about this in a second because that was one of the polls. But I think that there's a psychological thing when people say, hey, everyone's not bashing this game right now. Yeah. It's been in the yeah. works for two years. I don't like to prey on people's psychological things too much, even though that's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. But I do believe there is something psychological about going into something with that mindset instead of yeah. well, No Man's Lie is all over YouTube. Yeah. Oh my God, I pre-ordered this game. Fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, I, I, I think it could have something to do with that quest. I think it all, could also do with... Like like you said, the the hype going on in general, like everyone wanting to know what's at the middle. Oh no, I have to be the one to find out. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, it's the end of the game. The Nothing. end of the game's at the middle. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing's at the Nothing. end of the game because yeah. game endings suck. Like well, and that was what they were going for was intentionally nothing. Like, you guys know what happens yeah. when you get yeah. to the core, yeah. right? Just restart. Yeah, but since it's not a mystery anymore, yeah. you just go off yeah. and enjoy yourself. So I I feel like, yeah. This far after the and, fact, it's and, not this thing that, oh my god, I have to go do this right now. And, and I think the biggest reason I was such an evangelist on the other side, Ryan, and again, this is nothing against you, that's one of the reasons I was happy you're going to yeah, be here for definitely. the show, because your, your arc for this game is fascinating yeah. to me. Um, the biggest thing that I had at the time was, I looked at the game and I said, if judging the game on its merit... Even if it's not the game for you, it's not a bad game. It's a simple game. It's got a simple hook. You build warp drives and you basically look at pretty planets. That was the whole game. Look at pretty planets, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But it it wasn't a bad game, and I felt like what it was attracting was the zeitgeist. And I, we don't have to dwell too much longer on that, but that was my big thing at the time was not, you need to like this game. It's great. I'm right. You're wrong. It's People are like, he had death threats. Oh, yeah. The that's, game was fine. Terrible. It was a fine game. It was a fine game, but it just became about the story, and they, as an indie developer, became a, a bigger... They were crucified for a larger problem, 
which was, you know, and you know, they learned. It's sort of like in PR, if we came out and made a bad joke on our podcast, let's say we blew up. It would, I don't see this ever happening to this level. Let's say we had a, a million listeners and we made a horrible joke and someone's like, dude, you really should like screen your podcast yeah. to somebody first because that was, we could have prevented this from happening. And we're like, well, shit, we don't care. We're an ind- we got four dudes. We're independent. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was a learning thing um and that's why i was an evangelist for that but okay let's wipe away all that let's move forward i don't waste any more time on that um so next we've been playing a lot of it we can kind of paraphrase our thoughts down to it what you like what you don't like it's fine uh so ryan the the irony here i think is you went from asking for a refund actually buying the game twice twice. so really yeah my 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 (laughs) wife was baffled um (laughs) <laughs> we were out doing errands and I stopped at the GameStop again and she's like, what are you going to get? And uh, normally she's mildly interested. So I told her, you know, I'm going to get No Man's Sky for Xbox. And she's like, wait, that game that you tried to get a refund on? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, uh, you know, explain this to me. What? Do you, what, <laughs> what why are you going to go spend 50 bucks right now? And I did. To be fair, I did not push Ryan no, to do this. No, he did this on his own all. accord. And I, I, I'm not going to lie either. One of my main excuses is because now there's multiplayer and I can go play with Morgan. Like, he's the only person yeah, I know that cares about the game. And also, I mean... We're supposed to play tonight, actually, after the show. Maybe, oh, yeah, I'm down, definitely. Your wife might but, be uh, mad at you for kicking her out of the house <laughs> on the podcast. But, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also I got it for Xbox again, just because that's my... It's not my preferred console but it is my new toy i had since february um i i like the way the control feels i like you know the mm-hmm. 4k on my tv now and the hdr capabilities so it's 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 where i want to play my games it doesn't sound like a debt a damn jet engine every time i turn it on so <laughs> oh, you have a launch yeah, so I, I gave you? them <laughs> yeah oh launch it sounds like terrible but um so I, I i paid for it again with you know after trying next that morning on the PlayStation 4 for about two hours, and right away I was like, there's something different here. There's something that I'm hooked. I'm in love with it again. I feel, you know, I, I feel like a little space Indiana Jones exploring everything. And, um, space Indiana Jones. Oh, well, okay. you know, yeah, he's an, ex- he, he's an explorer <laughs> and, you know, one of the best. So, you, you, okay. you mean Han Solo? Uh, yeah, Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eat those space monkey brains. But, um, that's what you got. All right, I, I was I was kind of happy to give a developer that turned something around more money. Um, in a way, that's kind of what it is for me too. Seeing, you know, how my own emotions and my thoughts toward the game changed kind of surprised me and uh, made me learn mm-hmm. a lot about myself in terms of giving things a second chance and not being so critical. When someone tries to do something in the first place, let them have a chance to prove themselves again. And I feel like Hello Games completely turned it around. I mean, right now it's the second best paid game on Xbox right now. And uh, that's, I mean, that, I, that's, that's a huge testament to the work well, that those that's, guys that's have done. That's one of the things I pose to... That's an interesting thing I posed to the community. I was just curious if maybe we were alone. So I'm looking at the numbers of people playing it. I'm like, look, do people agree? And I just, for fun, there's a poll. I was like, from death threats to over 100,000 players. And that was just Steam. That wasn't including the other platforms. I was like, No Man's Sky might just be the best gaming redemption story ever. And it came back 73% yes, which is pretty yeah. high for us to get a 73% yes, which yeah. I think is a good story. Um, I think it, and I I think don't it just, is one of the best comebacks ever in gaming. 
can you think of a? I couldn't think of a bigger one. I tried. The Final Fantasy fourteen one was 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 big, but I don't think anybody there was getting death threats. Um, so I, I yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, yeah, I I can't either. I mean, in terms of developers, so, I can't. But but it's tough. The idea, and that was another question I posed to the community as well was even if I dislike a game initially, I will probably give it another shot down the road. And almost 80% of our audience said yes, which I think speaks to something that we all, like, we're, uh, offer a little more forgiveness to, to the, and maybe it's because we all know video games are tough. And, and, and what, you know, even the No Man's Sky that you hated, there was people crunching every minute of their yeah. life on that for five yeah. years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was probably really disheartening for them, other than the zealotous people mm-hmm. like me, to, have someone say you didn't put butterflies in this game, and and here's a here I'm gonna blow yeah. you up. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> so I mean, uh, d- that's got it. The gotta whole hurt. team should be commended on just their dedication. I mean, after especially after all that coming, you know, they're such a small studio, and there's there's only a handful of guys there, and I mean, you know, it's you people always notice the negative things said, and there was nothing but negative things said the first time around on that game, and I mean, it must have been. Just a giant, you know, a giant blow to their pride and their work for years and years and them, you know, taking time away from their families and everything and just, you know, blood, sweat and tears literally probably to make that game happen and just see it crumble like it did. I mean, I don't remember a bigger story than that one, just where the hate just, I mean... You should have seen the drops. Oh, no, I was looking at the Steam charts. It had 200,000 people playing it the first month it came out and the next month was like... Yeah, yeah, it was like the biggest drop off in like the history of Steam because it, you know, people just like I'm avoiding that like the plague and it mm-hmm. became a whole thing. So, anyways, mm-hmm. um, you think you're a fascinating story. That, well, what do you guys like and not like about as we paraphrase here? What do you guys like and not like about Next? So we've already talked about a lot of things that you guys, um, do, Josh, what do you like the most about Next and what do you dislike the most about? It? Um, okay, I, I mentioned this briefly before, but I, I like and. Some of this is not next, next, but just, you know, patches overall, because I've not really kept up with every patch they've had. So this is kind of coming back to it after a long time. Other than just briefly trying out the, what was it, the Founders patch? Um, Oh, yeah, the Founders update, yeah. um, But yeah, they've managed to make each world feel, from a gameplay perspective, a little more different, which before they, they really didn't. Um, which I've really enjoyed. It's it's felt really nice. It's got a nice. It 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 it's got a better pacing to it mm-hmm. than the original one did. It it feels good to just go through the game now. Um. That being said, I still I'm 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 we, I'm weird this way. Like I enjoyed Alpha Minecraft before they showed you anything that you're supposed to fucking do in that game. I enjoyed it just because it was such a a complete everything you were doing was a discovery at that point in the game the crafting system was bizarre because you put stuff in a 3 by 3 grid to make stuff they didn't tell you what it would do you had to kind of <laughs> guess based off of a shape oh I want a hammer <laughs> what would what would a hammer look like that's that sort of stuff um yeah. in, in order to make anything and I got that a lot from the original, original first patch of No Man's Sky. It it felt like if you were just playing that original Minecraft, 
but instead of building a settlement and kind of slowly building stuff up, you just you kept moving through that game. And that's that's mm-hmm. kind of the vibe I got, and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Um, like knowing nothing about Yeah, how just, to do just knowing nothing about anything. And I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that vibe at the beginning, and there's not really a lot of that now. Like, there are recipes for everything. You don't really mm-hmm. discover stuff kind of by accident as much anymore. Um, at least I kind of get that feeling. But, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think as far as the actual systems themselves, they're all better now, but... They're technically fed, they're fed you to you like in a way mystery. that I don't think is quite as interesting, at, at least to me. And that's huh. that's completely preference. That's so. fascinating. Yeah, I and yeah, and I can see that. Like I, that's the interesting thing to know about you. And you know, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I um, it's tough for me to talk about. This. I tr- I tried to think about this. All. I'm like I'm gonna have to boil this game down to like a 20 second thought for the show because I can't ramble on about this game forever even though obviously you guys know how obsessed I've been with it. So I'm like, how am I going to do that? How am I going to boil this game down to a 20-second thought on the podcast so that we can keep the show at a reasonable length? And I thought about it like this. Imagine that the original No Man's Sky was my second favorite game of the year, maybe even a toss-up against Final Fantasy XV. Then imagine when Atlas Rises drop. I know you didn't play it, Ryan, because you were still throwing darts at Sean Murray's (laughs) face. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there we go. We got the chuckle. It came back. Um, that, that was a courtesy chuckle. Um, that the Atlas Rises update was really cool. They added base building and like a story, to, and they uh, kind of enhanced the planets. So I, at that point, it was my favorite game of the decade because I was just in love with it, and I know you thought that was insane. So just imagine your favorite game of the decade is now this. They've added a million things to do. It looks, the, the planets have a lot more detail. I can get on there and play with my friends. I don't even have to explain to you guys. I don't have to just blow it up with a bunch of stupid superlatives. That's how I felt about it, and this is an even more amazing version of that. So that the problem I have is I don't have enough hours in my day. The game is a fucking time suck. Like, I sat down last night to play it for, like, five hours, and I swear to God, I, I just went to, like, two or three systems because everything you do in that game is a very methodical progression. So, um... <laughs> well, Josh is boiling over there. So, like, it's... It's just a very Morgan game from from top to bottom. And the multiplayer, I had a lot of fun with Ryan. It was just super buggy. So hopefully it's a little ironed out mm-hmm. because the only issue we were having is that it was super... unstable. Yeah. Very unstable. It was almost every... Mm-hmm. Five minutes, uh, Morgan would freeze crazily in the air, and hmm. I mean, <laughs> all the all the animals would freeze for me. Everything would freeze, and I could still go around and do my own thing, but everything was like time had stopped. So, you know, I, that's interesting. Yeah, I remember, you know, Josh, like he would have to leave my game and come back, and it would be good. But the moments that it did work were amazing. I mean, there's this uh one. Hmm one moment i think uh morgan posted on the instagram and uh we were just sitting on a hill on the pineapple express this planet we found that was covered in pineapple creatures and it was very just relaxing and it Mm -hmm. was uh it's such a lonely universe going around seeing nothing but creatures but sitting there with another human and actually having a weird um camaraderie on that planet and being knowing that you're the only um i guess i don't want to say human anomaly species or whatever um 
was kind of cool. And we were just sitting there looking at the sunset, taking pictures, and just talking about how yeah. breathtaking the game was. And I mean, that was my highlight of the you know multiplayer experience so far. But it definitely has a lot of bugs that need to be worked out. But I'm confident they can do it. And with time, it's only going to get better. I th- I think they'll get there. It's it's interesting. I I played on PC with Fish and Epidemic here this last week and we didn't really have connection issues. Like we just kind of oh. hopped on, played just fine. Yeah. However, I I was noticing scaling bugs. Okay. Um whereas like it seemed fairly obvious that more things were spawning and it just in order for there to be enough stuff for you to all have something to do playing mm-hmm. together. Um, like animals were the big thing. Mm-hmm. Like instead of having a few animals walk by, there were herds and herds of things uh, on these planets <laughs> That's awesome, though. Uh, because of that. Which, yeah, it is. It was cool. Um, Which however, kind of strange. <laughs> well, like, well, that was, that was fine. An issue I had was where it seemed like they were tweaking the wrong numbers sometimes. Um, Space combat was where I noticed it. Like a couple times while we were playing, I would literally get one shot from full health and shields to dead just instantly because it seemed like they were tweaking the wrong number somewhere. Like their damage got higher instead of them spawning more ships or something because it was, it was, it was, it was literally just one shot at me from full health, which is something that I hadn't experienced at all playing the game by myself so it made me wonder oh if... yeah like when somebody would come in your game and mm-hmm. try to fuck with your shit oh, okay well no 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 it was it was just the random space pirates yeah. oh okay okay the the NPCs just yeah just the gotcha. npc space pirates instead of them kind of spawning in and then whittling down your shield and then kind of maybe damaging you or if they're a stronger one as soon as your shield's down you have to be careful but these guys would literally one shot me from full health and shields and it it made absolutely no uh-huh. sense um yeah, That's funky. So sounds like yeah, just just little things here and there that that I just just tweaks. Like some of the numbers are not quite yeah. right. Yeah. Well, the thing I'll just say this one thing about the multiplayer because I've only had one session with it. the The best thing for me and the sad thing about not being able to play with you, Josh or Fish, is that it saves me the excuse of having to send you guys a hundred photos and annoying the <laughs> hell out of you because you're right there and yeah, you can see yeah. the shit when it happens. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to send you, "Hey, Josh, look at this shark." It's like we're right there. We're looking at the shark yeah. together. That was that. That's the coolest thing I think about the game for me is yeah. that I don't have yeah, to. Yeah, that yeah, that what? Yeah, exactly. Like for example. On that same planet with the dicks and the boobs, um, uh-huh. boobtopia. Yeah, boobtopia. Uh, there were, <laughs> a, and again, massive herds of these things because of the strange scaling from multiplayer. Massive herds of boobs. We had oh. no, 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 no. Herds of <laughs> the dicks. There were the sausage party, like cow-sized animals with like little fairy wings, like like literally the size of butterfly wings that would just <laughs> kind of fly around hovering <laughs> and just, they were like cow sized, but just these tiny little wings that were just flapping like crazy in order to keep them hovering by you all over the place on, accurate, this, of on this planet. <laughs> and I didn't have to send pictures to anyone because it was just fish there <laughs> wondering what exactly what he was watching. So. <laughs> 
and how fast he could uh, murder it and cook it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the way I hope they take the game. I hope they really push this, the scientific aspect of yeah. it. Like, more, more, like, the more things you can do with the animals and the creatures, like, you can just have fun with it now. Now that the base is, is a lot more, you know, loved and popularized and stuff, you can... You can just have fun with where you go from here. Hopefully not too much. Like Josh was saying, what if in a couple of years they change it too much? And even I'm like, no, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, anyways, yeah, it's, it's an interesting story of this will be the actually I snuck all these poll questions. Though this week to save time, I thought I would try and do the poll questions, weave them into what we're going to talk about. It just worked out that way. I can't promise it always will. One of the polls I did was photo modes are one of the generation's coolest trends. And 73% of our audience yeah, said yes. yes. And hmm. um, the idea was there because I think this game is like arguably the most necessary and coolest photo mode maybe ever. Um, and that's cool. That's a cool thing. People are happy with the photo mode, sharing pictures, being part of the that community. Cool. How do you guys feel about photo modes? I think they're great. They're um yeah, I like them. With the rise of you know social media and people being more inclined to posting things online, it's uh, I feel like it's almost a smart decision for developers to start doing that because it's just if you can get somebody to screenshot your game and what you created in a beautiful light outside of gameplay. You know, take the whole, yeah. take the HUD out of it, take the gameplay and pan the camera back, you know, mm-hmm. about 30 yards and just show the grand scale of everything. It really changes the game. It's almost like everyone's creating their own mini trailer for the game. And uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's free advertisement, I feel like. I feel like photo modes for them, they know are just going to end up all over Reddit and NeoGAF and stuff and just be free advertisement. So. Yeah, it seems like a fairly easy thing to implement as well, because yeah. those have to be part of the developer tools in the in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even something like um, Hellblade had a photo mode in it that was... It, th- that game was gorgeous to begin with, but then the the extra tools they added in the photo mode made it look so unbelievably gorgeous. Like, it, it added... It basically yeah. gave you it gave you access to all the um, depth of field sliders and like just, just everything. It lets you tweak everything in order to take these photos that were just unbelievably gorgeous for for that game. Yeah, um, I didn't know Hellblade had a fucking photo mode. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's really crazy. Yeah, I still think I have. I, I know I've still got screenshots of that. Hanging around on my computer sir, somewhere. I'll have, to, I'll have to send you some, Morgan, because it's it's really good. Yeah, that's well. When Hellblade drops, I, I'm excited to give it another chance. Maybe on on my Xbox One X, because you know it's going to drop on there soon, and uh, I think that'll probably maybe even come to Game Pass. So hmm. that's going to be one that looks. It's going to look so much better on my Xbox than my. Um, not that my PC is horrible, but it's you know, it's just barely cutting it most of the time mm. anyways a lot of positivity this week a lot of good things people giving the game second chances people applauding the comeback story of no man's sky and also people being happy about photo modes um the last question or the last poll is kind of a fun one here uh and i think a good a silly way to end the show so here's the hypothetical <clears throat> the hypothetical okay uh guys would you rather be facing a lion on the land, I see a, our friend Ryan is sliding back from his quick bathroom break. Would you rather face a lion on the land 
or a great white shark in the water. And 85% of our audience, which is staggeringly high, said they'd rather face a lion on the land, which I agree with. Where do you guys fall on this? Let's, let's, start, with, let's start with you, uh, Josh. Lion in the land or shark in the water? I guess it depends how armed I am, but probably on the land. Okay. I mean, if I had my choice, if okay. I had my choice, probably <laughs> shark the shark on the land. No, it seems like my best shot. But uh, dirty cheat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, shark on the land. Yeah. Is the, okay. Maybe that's kind of an unfair question because it just seems like you're in one area. You're in what about you, Shay? Do you want to be out of your element in the water or do you want to be on the land with the lion? You know, like this is such a difficult question because in theory, I would rather face off against a shark because a lion's going to be more aggressive than a shark. Sharks aren't overly aggressive in terms of like actual deaths that humans face. And I'm sure the same yeah. could be said of lions, but people aren't just trudging around looking for lions um and usually lions well, they, yeah. lions aren't yeah lions themselves. only kill people who are trying to take selfies with them <laughs> right pretty much but like lions aren't usually by themselves it's not usually like just one line it's a whole pack or a pride of lions at that point um but you know in the off chance that you run across one so in theory i would like to face off against the shark instead of the lion because you know the sharks aren't going to be generally as aggressive but i at if i'm on land i at least feel like i have a slight bit of a chance yeah. you know like i could run up a tree and hopefully he won't climb up with me or you know i'll in theory have a gun or something like that whereas in the water you're not doing shit you're just gonna <laughs> sit there and be like i accept my fate um, I'm going to be eaten by the shark today is nice, uh, existing because there's nothing you're doing in water. Like, unless you have like a shark shield, which those generally work, um, there's not much you're going to do. So if I had the choice, I would probably take the lion on land over the shark in the water at the end of the day. Oh, there you go. You talked yourself into it. You talked yourself no, into actually, it. This is what I voted. That's what I voted. That's what I voted too. So Yo, you voted the Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I just like from a logical standpoint, I feel like a shark would be the the safer bet because you could just wear like a shark shield and um shark which shield. is like it just it's it's, it's, this, it's like this little device that emits the sound that just um, make sharks want to swim away because it bothers their senses. Oh, okay. So in theory, I could just wear that in the water and be okay. Wait, so it's, you're equipping uh, items. It's actually she's equipping it's just, it. It's actually it. they're just it's just playing a Celine D- Dion song on loop. <laughs> but it's so much louder in the, the water that the shark yeah. just really can't can't deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't even know any Celine Dion songs, oh. but um, oh, well, bullshit. You know that one. Never <laughs> <laughs> like if you asked me to sing, if you asked me to sing one right now, I couldn't sing one for you because I don't know any. Not even Titanic. You, you can't sing Titanic. That one was. I don't everywhere. even know how that thing Every goes. Every word you know, I bet we can. Me and Morgan can do it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Well, let's not. Let's let's not say we did. <laughs> let's, 
Yeah, I haven't had. Oh, that's I haven't right. Had yeah, that that I haven't had enough beer for that yet. I like that song. I don't even care. Song, I like that, that song. That song will still make me f- cry today, dude. <laughs> that song <laughs> is top one hundred. Oh yeah, Jesus. it's that's up there, man. Um, God yeah, damn it, I gotta I listen to that song after this. But song. like. <laughs> <laughs> Why stop? <laughs> Just mute yourself and listen gonna, right we're now. Gonna, we're, no. we're gonna listen to Celine Dion and play No Man's Sky. That's gonna be <laughs> you, you creeps. <laughs> but no, like in theory, in theory, if like I have literally nothing but my what's on me, like just my feet, yes, yes. and my clothing, I'm gonna take the land. Even okay. if even Agreed. if the line is more aggressive, I'm gonna take the land. Brian, how did you vote? Uh, on I this? voted for you know trying to take the lion on the land. Um, Shay completely changed my mind about it right now, but I think I'm gonna die either way. So I feel like at least I can die on the land, so my body's not fully digested and gone. So at least my family can have some remembrance of me, maybe a foot or a leg. Or I'm gonna die either way. I'm I'm. <laughs> I would scream and cry and freak well, out either way, so I don't think I would stand. <laughs> Mario didn't prepare me <laughs> yeah. for this. I don't think I would stand a chance against either, but at least with the lion, I feel like I could try to run for about five seconds and then maybe, you know. <laughs> maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe you'll climb a tree or it'll just get yeah, blown. Yeah, yeah, something like that. With a shark, I don't, I'd have a heart attack and probably die and asphyxiate before. He even ate me. He'd probably just leave me alone. Yeah, that's the trick. <laughs> if you shit yourself, maybe the the shark won't oh, eat you. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you know, well, the funny yeah. thing is, like Shay was saying, technically speaking, you know, obviously humans are not this food source for the great white. But the shitty thing is, if you're in the middle of the ocean, and it, even if it bites you once. I don't really want to bleed out in the dark depths of the ocean. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't want that as my death. While on land, I'm just sort of like, eh. I feel like I'd rather rot in the on the desert than sort of. I don't know. It's assuming both of them are not really looking for you as their primary food source. Um, yeah. If you just get a bite from either of them, you bleed you bleed out pretty fast in the ocean. Whereas at least you have the hallucinations to look forward to from all the infection blood and loss, yeah. dehydration from, from yeah, yeah blood yeah. loss from dying out on the savanna. Yeah, maybe the ty- maybe the lion will bite you in the neck and paralyze you, and then you could drag you into its lair, and you can stay alive while the cubs eat you alive. So, always a possibility. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was all the polls. Uh, so we kind of slid them in there. Um, good week, a good week for positivity and happiness and joy. Um, unfortunately, fish couldn't be here with us, so. Um, Done a great job uh, filling in for fish. We're gonna have you anyway on here, Ryan. So thanks for oh, being thanks here. For um, my cl- my closing thought here, um, I wanted to say it's a sad story. And me and Ryan were gonna talk about this. Ryan was a PlayStation VR adopter, uh, and he is no longer a PlayStation you VR adopter. And well, here's the thing. I I don't completely blame you, Ryan. Even though this makes me sad. This <laughs> is I think the where Sony has dropped the ball. They sold him on it. He loved it, but he could not justify owning it anymore, even though he loved the technology, because they just weren't making any games for it. Um, even though Moss is incredible, but still, that's like one game a year, and Resident Evil was too horrifying yeah. for you, which I understand. So the saddest <laughs> part of this story, Ryan, is that you got on board, and they couldn't keep you on board. And that yeah. shouldn't... They, that they, they lost me. Um, 
I bought it last Christmas season because of Skyrim, my favorite game of all time. And I hopped back into it and I was like, really, do I want to do this world again for the 500th time, but with the worst controls possible? And uh, being face to face with a no, that's not- you know, seven foot Nord woman isn't as cool as you would think. It's kind of blurry and jacked up looking and uh yeah <laughs> it's not really... cool man and uh it well you could play the game with the controller nah, but then, right? it, play yeah it. then i don't know it's it's it, i don't know it's thing. weird um i loved my psvr i it it was almost like a religious experience playing it for the first time it was very breathtaking but then i don't know what it is i really don't know why i would let it sit there you know i mean hooking it up it takes so much effort and then it just kind of turns your living room into a mess it just it's wires mm. everywhere and i had the second generation so it was it was not as bad and it was still just an absolute mess to where i would have you don't wait you don't leave it hooked up no Mine's i left hooked mine up hooked up but it would just leave it a mess and i mean oh it well because i mean oh. in my you know my living room my family room where we hang out i don't really have that many spots on my entertainment center to just stuff a bunch of wires in and it's ugly and having guests come over it just looks very unorganized and not um i guess adult like or just very organized and so adult-like. yeah so <laughs> which which i'm not known <laughs> to be the adult guy anyway but disconnecting the thing was almost a chore in itself and then you know coming home from work the next day it's so exhausting playing in vr it's um it's i don't know it's very mint we get it ryan we fucking <laughs> no. get it all right you <laughs> okay, goddamn okay. hater yeah, well, yeah. I mean, okay i'm making it sound bad i'm almost talking too much shit on it i loved it but towards the end of the day it sounds so nitpicky Ugh, I gotta get up and walk over. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> there, there wasn't. Oh yeah, my yeah. God. I'm making it sound bad. There wasn't for me many gaming uh, experiences. Why isn't this beer raising itself to my that, mouth? That, <laughs> that, 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 it definitely was a problem. Um, I, I would sit in the taverns on Skyrim and just drink beer with the Nords in the game, but try to drink it in real life. And I, I reached over to grab my <laughs> beer off of the table and completely dropped it all over the floor. And it was like, oh. but anyway, you had the right um, idea. The, the, the games weren't there, and the support from this Sony wasn't there. This game is too realistic. <laughs> the the support from Sony wasn't there in the long run. I feel like, and um, I found myself just kind of browsing YouTube and exploring the different videos there people would make. Some are very terrible. Some are very good and high quality, and. At the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm just letting that thing sit there and um, lose value when I can just sell it now and hmm. turn it into something I would really want to play. And that's what I did. And I got, I got Octopath fair. Traveler out of it, and that's my game of the year so far. And I... Oh I, my god! You, you, you just had to drop that bomb I, well, on me. Dude, Good you, you, I literally I don't understand what Morgan's saying because he's he yeah, yelling well, so he, loud. I just I, I, I was not going to mention Octopath, but since he brought the VR thing up, I had to drop Octopath for his hating ass. But um, I mean, yeah, I I I, I look at it like I got rid of my you know PlayStation VR for Octopath, Near, and a bunch of various accessories and DLCs and stuff, but. Um, I don't regret it. I'm well. Look, Ryan, I agree with I agree with this. I mean, I think Octopath, 
I think Octopath Traveler is the game of the year for the 13 and under crowd. Um, but as far as... <laughs> Which is odd, considering that's Morgan's demographic. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Zambo! Damn! <laughs> Bring him uh, the to give that game a chance, Morgan. The, the, the stories get dark and... Uh... Uh, dark? Or is it rated E? Well, it's rated E. Okay, it's not rated E for... Yeah. When it's rated mature, call me back. It, when it's it, rated it, it's M, call dark. me back. You don't need to always say like a curse word or anything to have a game reach mm -hmm. mature themes. Yes, you do. I want. Yes, well, you like, do. Like In I said, Morgan's I... world, where where yeah. he dates sixteen year olds who are very edgy. Whoa! Whoa! Don't say whoa. Fuck once a <laughs> <laughs> once every three sentences, it's a problem. <laughs> I'm so cool. I was. I mean, I just like depraved fantasy, right? Come and, on. And, and Pokemon be... is a depraved fantasy, Morgan. No, yeah, it's dude, they not. Keep no, animals no, like, that's that's the whole they reason. Keep animals he likes... and little balls. <laughs> yes, this is the first time. He likes Game of Thrones that much for that reason. Do it, do it. There's nothing, no, it's, nothing no, it's more not. mature it's than incest. Not. I remember S Seven challenging Morgan uh, quite often, so what she started a trend. Yeah, yeah, they're. They're rising up. Um, I, <laughs> the chompers it, are rising against me. Oh, God damn it. No. All right. Um, no, no, that's it's fine. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Like I said, I think for me, I just... My, for, my fantasy has been ruined by George R. R. Martin and The Witcher. Yeah, yeah. I need some dark fucking shit to get off, yeah. you know? Yeah. Or to be really Yeah, if only emo, somebody like, in thing. Octopath Traveler would, you know, have sex with their sister. That would really yeah, just do it for now you. now we're talking. All right. Uh, that's what I need, Josh. It's just preference. Like you said, yeah. it's just preference. That's all that it is. Yeah. It's just preference. I mean, I don't know. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> You're joke. walking yourself down that deep, dark hole, Josh. I Don't fill it you, with mm. your nice, warm, white <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you really got really romantic. Like, his voice, like, his cadence and everything. Um, hmm. huh. Well... Great way to end the show, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, it's been a lot of fun, and you never know. If you sign up to be a Patreon VIP, maybe one day you could be on the podcast. Maybe. If you play your cards right. Um, so thanks for supporting us, of course, Ryan, and being on the show. Uh, it's no, been a no, lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Oh. You're welcome. I enjoy your guys' content quite <laughs> a bit. <laughs> Uh, just to kind of close the show here, of course, we have our other side podcast, Evoking the Sublime and now In the Blood. You should check those out. Subscribe, like them, spread the word. Our Patreon page, I've already given a shout out to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Support us. We'll love you forever. Get access to our VIP page. And future plans, I don't know. We're just kind of going with the flow. That's a beautiful thing about what we do. Um, whether it's a guest or the topic of the show, we're just, um, you know, tr uh, going by the seat of our pants here. Uh, we wouldn't have it any other way. It's very organized flying by the seat of our pants. Um, that makes sense. So, And now they're saying a bunch of terrible things on the chat. So that means I must go. <laughs> uh, thanks again for listening to the show. And we will see you again next week.